Hey, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about Ever After? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. Hello. So, how- <laughs> I know I don't know why I can't say hello like no, a normal just, person did you ever see that episode of uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch where Harvey tells her or no it's not Harvey it's Josh tells her that he loves her and she like can't say it back in a normal voice she keeps saying it like a cartoon voice no She's like I love you Sabrina and she's like <laughs> I actually like that's something that I get angry at myself about because if I'm taking walks or something and I pass somebody the occasional person you know is like extra outgoing and they'll say hello and I feel like my voice always sounds like an alien because I go hi and then I think (laughs) why can't I just say it like a normal person but I'm so thrown off that I just can't do it like I wish I could just be cool and be like hey but I never can like if people like I wish that people would just smile and that would be enough because when I'm forced to speak, I feel like I always fail. Like I always sound like a mouse from a Disney movie or something. <laughs> anyway. Um, do you ever say hi to people or just people say hi to you? If I pass somebody, I'll make eye contact and I'll smile. And sometimes I'll do a, a head nod because I think that looks kind of cool. But I don't speak. Um, and I also get really annoyed. Actually, today I was taking a walk. And something that's a big pet peeve of mine is when people walk by and they just look straight ahead and they don't acknowledge my presence because I think that that's so weird. And I'm not like, I don't need to, I just like need you to acknowledge that like a human is walking by you. And it makes me really uncomfortable. Like after we pass, I think like, geez, what is, what is going on? Like, cause just eye contact, smile, maybe a nod is all you need to do but i when people don't do it i it like really it it grinds my gears in a way that i don't know if it should make me as angry as it does but it does no i i totally get that yeah yeah so but when people say like hey or how's it going that's when i you know like it's too far in that direction the other direction (laughs) just kidding i don't know so everyone only smile and nod if you see Sam walking down the street. So um, I have noticed like when we were working in office that there were a couple of people who like even though I trained with them, they would just like not even acknowledge me when I walked past them in the hallway. And I'm like, but I like you. <laughs> like, I'm like you can't, you know, like I'm like, I'm like, am I so like abhorrent of a person that you're just like, ugh her this girl you know what I mean and it's just like it's so weird and it's so many people do that and it's just like I think it's just the bizarrest behavior like I just don't exist unless I can tell you're preoccupied like unless you're like looking out a window and I pass or I can tell you're preoccupied I think it's really weird behavior like if we're walking towards each other down a long hallway and you've had plenty of time to know that someone's coming in your direction and you still don't acknowledge them I think that's so strange I think so too it's just it's so bizarre it's like it, it's just like rude and it, it, like, I don't I don't get it either it's it's I weird. think it's like 
I, I think part of it might be like people are self-conscious conscious of, of, I don't know, of something. So they think like maybe if I don't acknowledge them, it's like I'm a T-Rex and I'm not here or something. <laughs> but I think like the amount of time that I spend thinking about you, if you say hello to me, is like a fraction of a second. Whereas the amount of time I think about you, if you don't acknowledge me, is way longer. <laughs> no, I totally, I know. <laughs> I totally get that. It's like an anxiety thing or something, but it's still like you, you don't have to say hi to me. All you have to do is go, you know, smile. That's yeah. it. Like Meet my eyes and let the corners of your mouth go up like one millimeter. And that's like, just all. acknowledge my, yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, gonna like, like pull you over and, and be like, I need to know all of your thoughts on the the war in Iraq. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to like, yeah. like, I'm not going to ask them some like deep, serious question. All I want is for them to go, oh, I know that you're there. And I'm like, yeah, hey, cool. You know, I think it's, it's really weird. It's, and I used to do that in, um in the stores. Like if I saw somebody I went to high school with after graduation or something, I would, pretend I didn't see them mm -hmm. but then I stopped doing that because I was like just acknowledge the person you don't have to like you know like usually it's just a smile and I right. did that with a girl that I graduated with where I just smiled at her I was not planning on stopping and talking I just smiled and I kept walking and she acted like I wasn't there and that infuriated me but then That's I did so stop weird. someone that I went to school I stopped a guy that I went to school with and tried to chat with him and he look like he was like I could have been like I could have been a space alien the way he looked at me and I said you you don't remember me do you and he was like no I don't so maybe oh, no. the people that I went to high school with just don't remember me but anyway uh, I try to acknowledge people because I I just I think like just a quick glance and then you're free you know yeah no totally I have um I have to say though I've seen people that I like used to work with or I had worked with like in a public place and before they see me so I'm not being rude or anything I will like just do a 180 and like just get out of there <laughs> I've done that as well I mean yeah. I can't I'm not totally innocent I like when I was working at my old job like my call center job mm -hmm. or like when I worked at the theater sometimes if I saw certain managers walking towards me I would turn off as if like this was the hallway I was going to the whole time so I didn't have to talk to them and um I get it so <laughs> I I I do do that as well like I'll it's like I don't it's like sometimes I just don't have the emotional energy to like have an awkward conversation you know what yeah. I mean because like that's exactly what it's going to be it's going to be like yep. oh hey how are you doing since you left you know blah 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 and oh great and like you know and have to talk to their super awkward wife and like I just don't I don't I liked the person but I don't care enough to know what's happening with them and I don't really <laughs> care for them to know what's happening with me you know what I mean so it's like yeah. so I was like I was like well <laughs> I gotta go this way so yeah. yeah but um that's different though because they didn't know that I was there so it's not like I'm you know yeah if I'm you not... can get out of it ahead of time then that's totally I think that's acceptable but once like yeah. contact has been made then it becomes a little yep. bit less acceptable. So I'm, I'm glad that we're on the same page. <laughs> we are. We are definitely on the same page. Yeah. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so did so, you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. Yeah. Um, we had a couple friends, family friends come over, and then it was just my parents and I. And it was fun. It was really fun, actually. We played this game called We're Not Really Strangers, and it's basically like a, a game where um, someone will pick up a card and then, like, either answer a question about themselves or, like, ask someone else a question. So it'll be something like, um, like, when, like I, just for example, like, when's the last time you cried and why? You know what I mean? Like, so it's, like, stuff like that or, or like, what is a goal that you're really proud of? So it's, like, it's, like, a way to get to know people, kind of, like, a little intimate get-to-know-each-other game. It was really fun, and there was, it was a little emotional, too. I was going to yeah, that sounds like yeah. an intense game that I don't know if I want to play in like social situations with certain people. Like it'd have to be like I'd have to be comfortable with all the people. Yeah. You know. for sure. <laughs> that sounds fun. Well, we though. were like picking and choosing our cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like one of them was like, um, one of the questions I asked, and so it was like asking everyone, I was like, What well, who's my celebrity crush? And they were all like, I don't know. <laughs> They're like, You have so many. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and no one could answer nobody knew <laughs> no one could answer Jeez. i was like he's very famous he's very famous well, that really narrows it down Laura. i know, I who, know. Who, who were you thinking of kevin costner <laughs> oh okay because i can think of like in the span of our friendship i feel like, like i can think of many million. men that you brought up <laughs> Yes. So I would have a hard time picking just one. And I don't mean that in any bad sort of way. I'm just saying like you appreciate famous I, men, you know. I do. Anyway, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was really good. It was fun. Um, I didn't go to my, my uh, I went to Mike's house because we've been hanging out obviously throughout the whole pandemic. So it was just me and him and his mom very small gathering and um and it was nice we had ham which i thought was really delicious mm, and stuffing good. and potatoes and corn and pie it was good it was really fun was it pumpkin pie it was apple pie actually oh yeah. i like apple pie that's good good yeah. i like any pie really i mean i know not... yeah the only pie i, I like... really don't like is cherry pie but even then i'll eat it like <laughs> That's how I feel about like zucchini. Like I'm like I don't really like zucchini, but if it's in something, I'll eat it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm like okay, sure, why not? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fun. Did you guys do anything? We uh we just watched we watched some TV. We watched um we watched some YouTube videos. There's a a wrestler on WWE that she makes like wacky YouTube videos, so we like to watch those. And we that's watched some Futurama fun. and hung out you know that's cool yeah like drama yeah drama's good it's pretty funny i like it too i um i think it's very clever and i never watched it when it was on and i know i would have liked it if i'd given it a shot but i just never did so yeah it's fun to watch it now it's good it's i mean and there's so many seasons too like 10 seasons so you got yeah. a lot of catching up to do girl yeah, we've been watching them out of order, which is kind of nice because, you know, it's not really like, it's not like Mad Men where you have to like watch from the beginning, episode one, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, there are definitely like, there are definitely things that are brought up later, you know, but I I would say it's not, 
it's not difficult to follow. <laughs> You're not going to yeah. be like, wait, what? Who's this character? I've never seen them before. Yeah. You're going to be like, oh, I get it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so do you want to do our mini topic? Let's do it. So our mini topic is actors we don't like. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go first? Yeah, I guess I will. I will. I had a little bit of trouble with this one because I kept thinking of act like, okay, I'm going to go through these two really fast. I have two. I've talked about not liking Richard Gere before on the episode. So that's not really any new information. And so I'm also going to say, um, and I mean no disrespect when I say this, but Anne Hathaway is an actress that I just am not like, I'm not a big fan of. I have seen her. I think her scenes in Les Miserables are phenomenal. Um, and I saw Rachel getting married and it's an okay, I mean, it's a really good story. It's an okay performance, but there's just, um, I just, I, I find it really hard to get into Anne Hathaway's performances 98% of the time. There's just, I just, I don't know. It's just not her acting style is not my thing. And I feel like she's someone that I should like. I feel like the all the chemistry is there for her, but there's just something, one thing missing, and I can't put my finger on it. It's just I always see Anne Hathaway, and I think that's my problem. I don't right. see her characters. I see her. And uh, so that's – but like I said, she totally deserved that Oscar for Les Miserables. I can't deny that. I her She was in the movie for, I don't know, six minutes, but it was very powerful. She, I thought – her and the ABC boys um, were like the best parts of the movie. I really didn't like that movie like at all. Yeah, no dialogue um, really struck a bad chord with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and some of the some of the music like really dragged down. Where you're like, okay, this could have been better done by dialogue, but whatever. Um, and every time Russell Crowe came on this on the screen, I'd start laughing. Like, oh, li- yeah. like I could not take him seriously. Like, I would start actually laughing. And so I was like, okay, I obviously don't care about this in the story. There um, is an article in The Onion, and I probably mentioned it on – hang on, I'm going to find it. Okay. <laughs> so I, I may have talked about this on, on the episode. So for any listeners who are like, oh, repeat yourself much, I'm really sorry. But there was – an onion, a headline from the onion that made me laugh out loud after Lame as Rob came out. And it's Russell Crowe praised for stunning portrayal of man who cannot sing or act in Lame as Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, that's so true. And like every time we come on the screen, he'd be like, and I'm Jeff Air. And I'm like, oh, we know. We know. <laughs> oh my gosh. In his 50,000 times. He like, it was almost like he was reminding himself what his name was. But in his death scene, the sound effect for his body hitting the cobblestones was intense. It was, I don't even remember that. But what I do remember is like, so he came, like one of the first scenes is like, he shows up and all the abc boys are like dude javier's here like run get out of here and then later for some reason he's able to go undercover by like putting on a hat and changing his outfit and they're all like oh yeah this guy is totally one of us and i was like (laughs) 
you knew his name before like you knew his name you knew that he was like a you know an yeah. a police officer or whatever and like all of a sudden you know everyone's like no this guy's super chill like i don't know his name what's your name buddy oh charlie great so nice to see you <laughs> glad that you're part who's of the this, revolution who's this hip young guy that's joining us <laughs> he's like i'm jeff jeffrey <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that movie had a lot of problems but yeah but Anne Hathaway is my choice for my first so are those your only do you only have Richard Gere and Anne Hathaway I have more okay okay cool I'm gonna do I'm gonna smush two together because there's kind of reason I don't like them but <clears throat> Sally Field I've never oh, yeah. liked Sally Field ever and in that and I will explain why, and then I'm going to add this other person onto it, onto there. But Sally Field always looks like she's unhappy. Like she always has a, a smile on her or a frown on. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she, <laughs> all right. She always has a frown on her face. And she reminds me of someone I know, and that's not meant to be like, a nice thing at all like that's meant to be an insult so oh you've um, told me who this person is yes i'm not yes. gonna say who it is mm -hmm. <laughs> because and someone... i think there is a resemblance like yeah. visually i'm not i i don't know this person as well as you do but i can see like how maybe like visually if you saw sally field you'd be reminded of this person yep yeah. that's exactly it yep mm -hmm. and they both just like have friends on their faces all the time and I, I, I can't stand it. And I, this person in my life, um, I, I'm not a big fan of. Anyway, don't like Sally Field, and that's pretty much the reason why. In the same vein, I also do not like Clea Duvall because she always looks like she's fucking frowning, and it irritates the shit on me. And her voice is like, got this grating, like whiny quality. And that's kind of the same with Sally Field. Is that like every time they talk, I'm like, oh my god, please just stop talking for the love of God. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, every time I see her in anything, um, if she's a small enough part it's fine but if she's gonna be like a main lead in a movie i won't watch it i'll be like no i'm not gonna enjoy this movie because i'll be like oh clea duvall why her the entire time <laughs> yeah i yeah i haven't seen her in much like the faculty and she has a small part in can't hardly wait and yeah um I've seen her in bit parts here and there she was in an episode of csi like everyone else in the oh, world geez. um everyone in their brother has been in csi you text me like six times a day and you're like oh my gosh tom hanks is in this episode <laughs> oh my gosh he Shem wasn't <laughs> from free willie from free willie is in this episode <laughs> i recognize that orca <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's an orca that no one can forget no no one can forget willie yeah so what's your next one my next one is actually chris evans really I, um, now I'm going a little bit off the beaten track for this one. Like, I don't hate him with a passion or anything. I can watch his movies, but I don't really think he's that dynamic or good of an actor. I think I've said before that the role that he's best in is Captain America. And I think because Captain America is so self-righteous that it works, but I've really like, I don't think I've seen him in, in any other role where I've thought like, oh man, Chris Evans yeah you know i just i'm not not really a fan i 
can see that. I um I like him, but I I I kind of agree with you actually. Now that you've mentioned that, it's like I like him, but I wouldn't say that he like solely could carry a film. It's like part of like it's it's his co-actors as well or actresses, you know, um mm-hmm. co-stars. That's what I was trying to say. Um <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Um, his co-stars. Yeah, I, I see. I can see what you mean. I can see what you mean by that. You know, he's no Chris Pine. So, yes, I think Chris Pine is uh, probably the the most talented of the Chris's. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Pratt's the least. <laughs> yeah, I. Though we should have Chris think... Pratt a lot in this. Yeah, I actually think Chris Pratt is a better actor than Chris Evans, though, oddly enough. Really? Really? And I know we've we've given Chris Pratt plenty of criticism, but I think he he um incites more anger in me, and that's a sign to me that he's more dynamic. And I don't okay, know how to can see that. put that in words more than that, but No, that that makes sense. He he ignites a intense feeling mm-hmm. and yeah and that's like that's important to you know yeah, yeah also acting. i mean his role as andy is so good and i don't it think is. chris evans could maybe do that sort of work you know mm, no i don't know yeah. i don't maybe so. but probably not <laughs> <laughs> i think he's too serious for that. yeah that's what i yeah, yeah i think and that not mean like being able to do comedy doesn't always mean that you're like a phenomenal actor i'm just saying of the chris's i think chris evans for me is the least dynamic is all I okay mean. yeah i got you i got you what's your next one my next one is james franco oh yeah, yeah. you don't like I him i cannot stand james franco um i did like pineapple express i will say but overall i think he's creepy i think he's really creepy and <laughs> there's that whole thing i told you about about him like talking to some 17 year old girl on instagram um but it's it's like it's he's my richer gear you know what i mean like he like there's a vibe about him that i can't put my finger on i don't know what it is but i like my instinct is to go, Ooh, this guy is super creepy. Also the 17 year old girl on Instagram thing is not helping that at all. Um, I don't think he's that good of an actor. I think he kind of plays a lot of the same parts. I think he's coasted on his looks for a long time. And I don't think he's that good looking either. So I don't understand why he could coast on his looks. I think he has a, like a fan base that is way too big for how like I just I just don't see the appeal in him you know I can't see the appeal in him and if someone else was like he's my favorite actor I'd be like okay (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) well I oh honey (laughs) I actually like I like James Franco but when you say he's your Richard Gere I totally get it I don't I can't explain why I don't like Richard Gere but I don't so when you say he's that, I respect that and I understand what you mean. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I I don't mind him. Like, I don't hate him at all. But like I said, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a next one? I, I do have a next one. <laughs> do you want me to ask it differently? No. 
sandwich on your list? Tell me. I need to know. So this one is Don Cheadle, actually. Um, really? And let me explain. I, I don't think he's bad in some roles, but I think he's miscast in other roles. For example, I know I've brought up two Marvel actors, but I thought Terrence Howard was really good in Iron Man. And I was, I, I didn't, I do not think Don Cheadle is a good casting choice for that character. And I never have, no matter how many movies he's in, he's, he has a seriousness about him that doesn't work for every role that he's in. So I do like some of his work, but I, I, I think he was totally miscast in, in, Iron Man, the subsequent Iron Man movies and the Avengers. So that's why I added him to my list because I, I think that people really like him as an actor and so they're like, but it's Don Cheadle and I'm like, no. I don't think that my like for him as an actor can can supersede the fact that I, I just don't think he's right for the role especially when we saw somebody who I think was good for the role. Right. Like I really like Terrence Howard. and Me too. Yeah. I actually totally agree with you. I, I really like Terrence Howard as Rhodey, and when I found out that they had recast him, and I think it was like a, I think it had something to do with like his contract or something, like he wasn't being, I don't, I don't know. I think but he, wa- I heard he, maybe he wanted more money, and they didn't want to give so it to too. him or something. So yeah, just- I think so too. And yeah, when I found out that John Cheadle was going to be cast, I was like, but Terrence Howard's so good, <laughs> you know? I was like, but I love Terrence Howard as him, and yeah. I think yeah. if they, I think it, if they couldn't get Terrence Howard, like if it was just like, this isn't happening, then they maybe should have gone with an unknown. Yeah. And not like, here's another famous actor, you know? Yeah. I yeah. think they should have gone with, um, with somebody new or new, totally like, like newer. I'm totally blanking on what Terrence Howard looks like right now. Like for some reason I can't, like I, I'm like, I would kind of consider myself a fan of him, but for some reason I'm like, what does he look like? <laughs> have you ever okay. seen the TV show Empire? No, I think I have it on like my list. looks like one of the actors in that. Oh, does he? <laughs> does he look like one of the actors in that? <laughs> <laughs> like a dead ringer for one of those. Oh, no way. You're talking. <laughs> so if you can crazy. picture that show, you can probably picture him. Okay, yeah, great. Nope, you yeah. know it still can't for some reason. Can't hmm. Interesting. It's weird. I thought oh, that would good. help. Okay, so our last one is going to be the <laughs> same one. Because <laughs> we, we, we both have talked about it. Should we say his name at the same time? Okay, sure. Okay. <laughs> you one. would like to add extra exclamation points on it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay. Let's go at the count of three. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Mark Blukas. <laughs> the funny thing about Mark Blukas is, is um, he was on Buffy mm-hmm. and me and two friends who we, we used to watch Buffy together, he played Riley and we hated Riley and we would make fun of Riley, Riley so too. bad. And then when you randomly brought up that you didn't like Mark Lucas, I was like, you don't like, Oh my gosh, me neither. And we like bonded over the fact. That- <laughs> the thing is like, I've only seen him in like three things. Um, Cause I've seen him in Buffy. I was, I was never a huge fan of Buffy. I was always more of a fan of angel, but I have seen quite a bit of Buffy. Um, 
So I remember him in that, and I remember not liking him either. But then he was in Jane Austen Book Club, and I thought his character was super obnoxious in that. And then he was in Night and Day, and his character got shot. And I was like, and then when he lived, I was like, oh, sad. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think there's just something about him, and I can't explain it. I can't either. You know what it is? I think he's kind of very like he kind of. Okay, so. I'm just going to be a little mean here, but, like, he kind of always has a dumb look on his face. Like, he always looks like, like, he always, he always looks like he's, like, uh, I just entered a room, and I don't know what's happening, and, like, everyone's, like, fighting for some reason, and, like, he was in the other room and could have heard them, but for some reason, he's still lost as to what's happening in this other room that he just walked into, and he's, like, I'm just here for the chips, guys. Like, it's just, he just has this look about him that makes me want to punch him in the face and be like, get with the times, Mark Lucas. You like, I feel like even though he's probably almost 40, he could still play the captain of a football, like a high school football team. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Like, he's got like almost this like douchey, like clueless look about him. Like, he, like failed remedial math four times or something (laughs) oh my gosh yeah he just he he just kind of seems like yeah i don't know like goofy or something but not goofy like a comedian goofy like right it's not goofy in a a way that endears to me it's a goo it's goofy in a way where i'm like mark lucas if you don't leave my house right now so help me god (laughs) you know what i mean this is the kind of actor you call by his first and last name (laughs) yes (laughs) when he's at your house (laughs) yeah yep if he showed up i'd be like who the hell invited mark lucas lucas invited lucas that's what i would say and then, like, the person would be like, um, I did. And I'd be like, you are not my friend anymore. You know how I feel about him. And he'd be like, I've never even met you. And I'd be like, don't care. But he's Get at your house party. He, he doesn't know you. Know. He came to your house party. Really? It's so it's rude. On him. I know. It's, it yeah. is on him. He was not invited. It's a classic I... Mark Lucas move. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly it. Yeah. anyway you ready to talk about the movie i am and this is thanks to nicole she recommended this movie for us so thank you nicole forever yes. after listener yes. nicole i was very excited that you suggested this movie me too yes <laughs> great so, suggestion thank you it, it is it's a great suggestion okay so how did you feel about the movie Oh, well, Lauren, to put it bluntly, and I'm not being hyperbolic, I thought a lot about that this this afternoon. I think it's a perfect movie. I and do, too. I, I don't think I throw that around too often, but I, I think it's, like, a perfect, perfect film. Yeah. If I'm showing people a movie that I really love, that I've loved since I was, like, basically a different person, like, if I've loved this movie, I've loved this movie for 22 years. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a different person now than I was when I first saw it. So if I'm showing it to somebody or if I'm telling it to some, like if there's a movie like that, that I'm talking to with somebody, there's usually a bunch of caveats where I'm like, 
okay, but then this one part you'll just want to forgive because X, Y, Z. And then this other part, it's kind of weird, but don't just ignore it. But this movie, I wouldn't, there would be none of that. I would just say, watch it. You're going to like it. And I wouldn't have to like explain away any reason of why I liked it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I agree. It's perfect. It's the, the casting is amazing. It's a beautiful film. The music is so good. Like, so when I, well, I texted you when I first started the menu, like the menu started playing in that, like really like swelling of music started. I was like immediately like, oh my God, I love this movie so much. Like I immediately got emotional and I was like, oh, and I just, I was watching it like I had like it was watching it for the first time like it was so magical and just it's such a beautiful film and I love Drew Barrymore and she she reminds me so much of my cousin um my cousin Laurel like with the way that she looks in this movie and so I've always kind of like and Laurel's like one of my favorite people in the world you know and so it's like I've always just kind of had that like attachment to it as well um it's it's just so good. It's just so fucking good. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. It's so good. And I think Hollywood should easily be able to do a perfect movie like this. But they're actually very, it's actually very rare. Yeah. And it surprises me how rare it is when I really start thinking about it. Because the, it's just like the story is really well written the cause and effect that happens throughout the movie it's very it's so simple it's such a simple movie but it's done so perfectly and so beautifully that it the simplicity actually makes it timeless and i yeah. think that's like they took they took a story that everybody probably knows and they just retold it and it's it's so lovely. Yeah, I love the I love too that it's not like there's not like a magical aspect to it. Me too. You know? Yes. Yeah, I really like that because there's so many Cinderella stories that do have that magical aspect to it. Um and which is fine. I love it still, but this one in particular is not it doesn't rely on that instead it relies on just people being people and doing what they do. You know, yeah, there's no like, there's no supernatural element. There's no like Cinderella can like summon animals and things like that. There's no mice. There's nothing like that. There's no fairy godmother. It's just, yeah, it's, it's basically a very real, real people story. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that, I think that's part of what makes it so powerful. And um, I'm really actually excited to talk about uh, it. Oh my God. Hold on. I, it's up with me. Angelica Houston. I can't yeah. like totally switched on her name. I was like, I know it's Angelica, but okay. Um, I was really excited. I'm actually really excited to talk about Angelica Houston's performance because I haven't seen this movie in such a, like in a long time, probably like five or five plus years, you know? And her character is so cruel and so like just selfish and I kind of forgot just how awful she is you know what I mean and she does such a good job at just this like 
cold, callous woman who only thinks about herself and her daughter. And really, I'm not even sure if it's about her daughter. I think it's about what she's going to get out of the situation, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I, I do like that even though there was only like a short amount of time with um, Danielle and her father that you could tell that there was a lot of like real love between them. Um, you know, like giving her the book and everything and like how much that meant to her. And, and he clearly like would spend time with her each night, like before she went to bed to like, you know, read with her and stuff like that. And I think that's, even though it's, it's a very short amount of time, it really shows the the viewer like, okay, like see this relationship between these two and how much they love each other and care about each other without having to like go into a lot of detail about it, you know? Um, but I am curious as to, and I'm kind of wondering what you think about this as to when, so when her father has a heart attack is what I'm assuming happens. Um, and he like, okay, so Angelica Houston's character's name is Rod Mila. He like looks at Rod Mila, but then he turns over to Danielle and he like puts his hand on her face and he, he says, I love you. And he says it like a couple of times. Do you think if he hadn't done that, if he had maybe like, turn to Rod Mila that maybe she would have been less cruel towards Danielle? I actually have some insider info about that scene. Okay. <laughs> I think I've told you before that I was obsessed with movie novelizations. Okay. Well, I had the Ever After novelization and I read it multiple times. Do you still have it? Yeah, I do. You do? Yeah. <laughs> you do? Of course. Okay. I don't get I don't rid of read good it. books. Hmm? I said, I kind of want to read it. <laughs> oh, you can borrow it. Yeah. I might. I might. <laughs> Just yeah. Um, so in the book, in the, the novelization of the movie, okay, <laughs> in Ever After, inspired by the novelization of the movie Ever After, the film. Anyway, I was trying to do like push a novel by Sapphire inspired by <laughs> Precious or whatever, but the joke. Anyway. I got it. It was funny. In, you're you're good. Book, it's good. It was good. <laughs> in the book, it says that Rodmilla got angry because he expressed his dying love to his daughter and not to her. Okay. Um, it didn't directly spell out that that was like why she was cruel, but I, it basically implied that. And I think you can see it because I agree with you. Like Angelica Houston's performance is so good. Like as soon as she steps out of the carriage, she just has this like very aristocratic and very like could turn cruel on a dime sort of look. And, and when he says, I love you to Danielle, the look that, she gives Danielle the look that Rodmilla gives Danielle is uh, very icy. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, from the moment that she was introduced to Danielle and Danielle shows up and she's all muddy and stuff like that, the look on her face is like, "This is what you're presenting me. This child can't even be dressed in nice clothing." But it's like, well, she's a kid, you know, and that's what kids do. They fuck up and they fuck around and they and they get dirty because it's just part of being a child you know it's part of your childhood um and i i, I mean I, I don't i certainly don't think that the father saying i love you to danielle was like the end all be all to rodmila's like or like the beginning of rodmila's cruelty i think she was always like that i think she maybe hit it better but then when the father was gone at that point, she doesn't have any reason to hide it. You know, she's not trying to impress him. 
and she doesn't care about his daughter because he's not there to care about her so why should she yeah yeah i actually i agree with you and to add to that i actually thought a little bit more about her character in this watch through and i actually had some more sympathy than i have had before because I think that there's there's two things about her. Like one of them is I think it's a classic tale of two people who don't have a lot in common getting married and then they're like she doesn't care one bit about his child. Like if anything right. she's like jealous of his child. So if they had been married, if he had not died, I don't think she would have been that kind to her. She just wouldn't have been able to make her a servant, you know? Right. I think in life she's more concerned about her daughters getting ahead regardless of what happens to her new husband. I think she's just like conniving all the way. Right. And on the other point is I think her story is kind of sad because she comes to this place that's totally unfamiliar and her one tie to it is gone. And so now she's alone in the world. And there's that scene between Danielle and her when Danielle is like, brushing her hair and they have like a very very brief heart to heart it's like Rod Miller lets her guard down and she says like I I see so much of your father in you and Danielle's like really and then Rod Miller like realizes that she's let her guard down for a second so she like quickly insults her and she's like well your features are so masculine but you can see and I think this is a testament to Angelica Houston's performance because you can see in her eyes that I think she did have something sort of resembling affection toward the father. And if they could have been married longer, it would have grown. But he died too quick and left. And she's just like, I think she also had to like build this current situation out of hustling. Like, because she's off their belongings to that guy. So she can keep up the appearance of being rich. So she's just like hustle, hustle, hustle. And I agree with you, though. I think. All of her hustle is to get her daughter an advantageous marriage to the prince so that Rodmilla can benefit, not so her daughter's happy. I think it's just it's oh, for yeah. her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, she does mention in that hairbrushing scene about her mother being like obsessive with cleanliness. Um, so it sounds like she came from her own very strict background. You know, she was like, her, my mother made me wash my face. 20 times a day and I was like wow that's super excessive like a lot of- and I remember as a kid like not even thinking twice about that but as an adult I was like your skin would dry out <laughs> you know? yeah. like I was just it, it, so it, it would have been kind of nice to see more into her past I guess but also at the same time I don't know if I'd really want to you know because she is 100% the antagonist and the villain of this film you know and um i don't i necessarily think that as a viewer we need to be empathetic of her or of her history because she's just so like what you said she's just so ruthless you know Mm -hmm. yeah i think like um regardless of what her history was she totally mistreated and abused Danielle and is not a good character but there's more depth to her than I've maybe had seen before and 
this version of Cinderella makes her seem like a real person instead of like some outrageous evil stepmother. This makes her seem more like a real, like a, a believable evil is, is what I mean. Yeah. 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 No, I totally agree. Um, and, you know, especially since she, she's very manipulative too. Like she says stuff like, um, I've given you everything and all I ask for you to do is, you know, to do like this and this and this for me. And, and she's like, is that so difficult? Is that so hard for you to understand that that's what I want from you? And like, and just, and, and I, I think she, she very much plays on, um, the fact that she knows that Danielle just wants a love, you want she just wants love and she wants affection. And honestly, it's a good thing that she had those two servants there because I think that they were replacement mothers for yeah, what Rod Miller couldn't give her, you know, Big time. Yeah. 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 Cause she had her own, she kind of had her own little family with like Maurice and the, and everything. And I, I just, I just love Danielle's character so much. She's so intelligent and she's so like, she's so like fight for the little guy and it, it makes her such a great, like, it makes her such a great heroine, you know? Yes. I, I love her. I'm looking up. So it's Paulette and um, Louise. Those are the two servants. Louise, yeah. Yes. And Maurice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I love it too. I think also something that you reminded me of is the fact that there was genuine love between the father and Danielle and he taught her how to think for herself. He loved her without regarding that she needed some sort of advantageous, advantageous match in her right like she just had his love and i think that's something that women of the time didn't necessarily have all the time because marrying well and marrying up was like so important you know for women but she had like autonomy on her own and i think that also was very threatening to rodmilla i think so too well and also women during that time were seen less as people and more as um objects so you know having an advantageous marriage is it doesn't really matter if you love the person because at the end of the day it's like oh well we'll you know we will get the advantage from this so Mm -hmm. which is exactly how you know rod milla i think works and um but uh, so I wrote down some stuff and <laughs> I wrote down, the first thing I wrote down is that Marguerite is so cringy. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm kind of going, I feel like I'm kind of going off here, but she, that scene where they're playing tennis or whatever it was they're playing, I think it was tennis or like something like that. Some weird um, version of tennis. And she's like, hold yeah and like because they were like they were like hitting the ball against the wall i noticed they weren't like hitting it to each other maybe more like um i don't know racquetball maybe oh uh, racquetball, whatever yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah not badminton yeah. what am i thinking racquetball yes yeah yeah and um she's like holding the the ball and he's like oh you're looking very nice today and she goes you're welcome to look your majesty i was just like oh no <laughs> Oh my, oh my god! 
yeah. (laughs) I felt like, I felt like she was like so over the top. And I was thinking actually when I was watching it this time, I was thinking that if like Danielle, if this movie was like a little bit different, I would also have enjoyed a story where the prince fell in love with Jacqueline as well, just to see Marguerite get her comeuppance. Like if Danielle could just be written out of the story and it could just be like a story of two sisters where like the conniving, like quote unquote beautiful one is trying, but he likes the frumpier sister. And she's not even frumpy. She's very beautiful, but no. I just, I, I know she's totally cute. I just think Jacqueline is so cute. And I think that I love that her and Laurent have like a romance at the end and like he appreciates her. And yeah, no, I agree. Marguerite is so cringy. That's a good way of putting it. And she's wearing that giant brooch to like show off her clavage. (laughs) (laughs) Clavage. What is it all? Well, and then like. (laughs) um well then there's also the scene where he like is giving her the chocolate and first of all my first thought was that's dark chocolate so it's not good that's gonna be like super bitter because it's like it's cacao so it's like 100 percent like cacao you know what i mean and and that shit's bitter as as hell and so she he's like oh you should try a piece it's so good or it's like heaven whatever and and she like opens her mouth slightly to like have him feed it to her and i was just like every every time i see that scene every time i'm like i like shrink in my seat a little bit i'm like no no mm -mm, please (laughs) why like why are you like this I like the look he gives. Like I, I enjoy, I enjoy knowing that she was never an option for him. Never, ever. He just sort of, yeah, endured her, endured her, endured her, and he just put endured. up with her. And I really yeah. like that. Like she's, they're delusional, and they think oh, yeah. they have a chance, but they never do. And her antics are so outrageous. And well, yeah, like she, um. You know, she finds out that Danielle's been lying about who, what her name is and in front of the queen and has like a total like childish temper tantrum mm-hmm. that I was, I mean, I was astonished. Like it's not even, it's not even just the fact that it's this character in this film, but as an adult woman, the fact that you would behave that way, not just in any day conversation, but the fact that you would behave that way in front of the fucking queen of France is like, wow. <laughs> just, yeah, I, uh, what? I like the beginning when they're having breakfast and she like, she's disdainful about her eggs and she's like, where's the bread? And, um, Rod Miller's like, Marguerite, darling what did I tell you about like being shrill or something? And she says like, I wasn't shrill. I was resonant. But then Rudmilla calls and she basically has the same tone of voice. Like they're both like little babies. Like they act like babies. They're so, they're so hypocritical. And, and I, I enjoy that. So yeah, no, Marguerite is just, she's, I mean, she's just, like she's just not she's just a child who you know never had to grow up because her mother is just like like her mother's so under the delusion that she's for some reason going to attract the king of france or the prince of france 
and you know like but she repeatedly is just so vile and so immature in how she acts and I'm kind of like any like why if he had to choose you know she's she's not an, an advantageous marriage at all it's not like you know she's like has royal blood or, or noble blood but um there's no reason for him to get married to her and she just continuously behaves so uh, so terribly and so childishly that i'm like why does she think out of all the women in this in in France, that Henry would be like, oh, the one that's a miserable cow, I would love to marry her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think something interesting about this movie, it's a theme that comes up multiple times, is how like people are more than what they may seem. And I really like yeah. that because I think like Rod Milla and Marguerite treat Jacqueline even like she's nothing like rod Miller is always talking about her weight she's always like implying that she eats too much or she's not as refined and like they think henry the the future king they only see him as his title they only see his power yeah. they don't see that he's an actual person who also has feelings and wants to be like he wants he wants to connect with somebody he's not just gonna like marry someone you know or, you know, I mean, I guess, like, an arranged marriage is like that. But right, he's, yeah. not, he's, like, a real person. And then, like, Danielle, who she's, like, she sort of opens his eyes a lot to the fact that he just looks disdainfully at maybe the, the peasants. Or, you know, like, like, she talks about the gypsies, how a gypsy is seen as, like, a thief, but that's not who they are and things like that. And I, I think there's really interesting messages about, like, perspective and how we see how people see people and i like that they they treat henry as an object like a a, an object to attain rather than a real person that you have to act like a real person around you know yeah yeah and i think that's interesting yeah i do i agree with you though i agree with you that he's very much seen as like what you said his title and he he makes many like references um or many like um i don't know he says many times throughout the film like to his parents and stuff like i don't want an arranged marriage like what you have you know like you're you two aren't happy or whatever um so but it's it's just i don't know marguerite is just so cringy and awful and like but i do so let's talk about jacqueline yes and first of all jacqueline is not that much bigger than marguerite like no. at all no like I, I really like 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 i was like i was like i don't even really i can't even tell like a difference between their sizes really and but you know i mean i think Radmila for her it's just it's um marguerite seen as like the prettier daughter so yep. she focuses all her energy on her and then it's just like a way to keep jacqueline down and instead of you know having jacqueline have her own not not saying that she doesn't have her own like sense of autonomy but i think that she's just so beaten down from her mother that she just doesn't fight back because why what's the point you know what i mean yeah i think it, that if nothing else rod Milla commands respect yeah of some form from her from her daughters and jacqueline 
yeah, she doesn't want to be put out in the cold, you know, and right. I there, I really like there's a line that I've actually used in life before when they're sitting at the breakfast table and Jacqueline answers a question about like the the tone of voice question and mm-hmm. instead of being instead of being impressed that she is learning these like lessons on being a lady Rod Miller's like Jacqueline do not speak unless you can improve the silence. And I always use that. love that line. And I, I said that to somebody at work once. I said, don't speak unless you can improve the silence. <laughs> so badass. I love it. It's probably one of my favorite lines in the movie because it's so mean, but it's also so, like, good. And um, But anyway, I really like Jacqueline. I like how she's always in the shadow of her evil sister basically and her mother and she like they really portray her as being larger just by showing her it put on a dress that doesn't fit all the way like right right fit and you know and and she has like a a kind heart like she she treats danielle kindly and like she gives her the answer like when rod miller's mad at her about the horse she like mimes a horse so danielle knows what she's getting in trouble for you know and i like how she like like henry like compliments marguerite's brooch and then jacqueline like puts the feather in the front of her dress and then laurent sees it and he smiles and i think that's a really cute moment i really like that i think so too um i (laughs) so that scene where they're at like the mask and um and Laurent sees her and they're both wearing like the horse costume. <laughs> so like I always even as a kid I was always like this is so like I like I feel secondhand embarrassment for the way oh. that they're like neighing at each other. Really? Oh, I always yeah. thought it was so sweet. Like so innocent. I always I always hated that. I always always thought it was so like I'm like, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. Really? Because yeah. I always yeah. liked it because when they're when they're leaving the house and Marguerite gets to be like a delicate peacock, and then mm-hmm. Jacqueline's like, I why do I have to be the horse? And Rod Miller's like, horses are dependable and and majestic creatures and and so like Jacqueline doesn't feel beautiful she doesn't feel like she's special or that she stands out but then oh here's somebody who thinks that she does stand out you know and I really think that that's and I like it because he makes like the funniest horse noises and he like eats the carrot I think that's funny that you don't like that because I've always thought that that's so cute (laughs) I should I should say I should say um, even though I, it's not my favorite scene, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't take it out. You know what I mean? Like I, I may have not liked it, but I, I, I thought it was good for what it was. You know what I mean? If Actually, that makes sense. Yeah. Because even though I like the scene, but I can see it from your perspective, but I think it would be worse if there was dialogue because the way the movie is like the movie is like seriously lighthearted. And I mean that yeah. in like it's serious, but it's not serious enough where side characters can have a heart to heart or romantic awakening. I think that would be out of place. So I their so version too. of like neighing at each other was about as perfect of a uh, side characters falling in love as a movie like this could allow. And I yeah, 
I agree with you that if it changed, it wouldn't have been as good. Even coming from a perspective yeah. of me who, who doesn't mind it, it's it can't be different, I think. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I may have not liked it, but again, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't remove it. I think it's, I, I can also see that you, why you think it's cute. But to <laughs> me, I was always like, eh. <laughs> I just think it's, I think it's like, it makes me happy that she gets noticed. And Me too. I really like that because I think her story is also kind of sad. Yeah. And I like that somebody sees her and that she she gets her own love. But I also think it's really well done that we don't get we don't have to watch her love story. I we th- just get I to so see the, the cute little moments. We know that she's gonna be okay, but we don't have to watch any of it, you know. And the irony, too, is that Rod Mila was so intent on Marguerite getting married to the prince that she ends up totally screwing herself over and ends up in this, like, I don't know, dying plant or whatever you'd call it, dying room, um, like color dying. Not like, yeah, not like, like death, death like, <laughs> just like dying the role like purple, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, you kind of assume that Jacqueline ends up in this little cushy life because the guy's, you know, I mean, he's, he's like head of the guard. As far as like, yeah, I mean, as far as like occupations go, that's a pretty cushy occupation, I would say. The head of the guard for the prince. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, he's like, he's almost like a bodyguard or something for the prince. Yeah. Like she would probably live in the castle, you know, or in a very nice, yeah, a very nice estate. Yeah. So I agree. Like she, she married or I assume she got married. The implication mm-hmm. is that they ended up together. So she had an right. advantageous match, basically. Yeah. yeah. I I love and it. So- I love there's a part in it. Um when Jacqueline is getting tired of their scheming and she says, Mother, it's only a ball, because they're scheming about the the, the yeah. masked ball. And Rod Miller says, Yes, and you're only going for the food. And then later, when <laughs> all the shit hits the fan, Rod Miller says, Jacqueline, I hate to think you had something to do with this and Jacqueline's like of course not I'm only here for the food and I love that line but I also I love Laurent like Miles like yeah mm, it's really good I know. this movie is very clever like there's a lot of lines in it that still make me chuckle and I think this passes the test I, I know with 100% certainty that if I had never seen it and I watched it for the first time today I would really like it and I would laugh and I would think it was clever and I would think it's a very lovely story still. Like yeah. it holds up. It's very I think so too. There's not pacing issues. It's very fast paced. It's very clever. It's succinct in places where it needs to be succinct. And I think that it's it's a feat of yeah. movie making. I think it's a I think the cast is perfect too. Mm-hmm. Um I the I mean Oh, I was I was gonna say the music's really great, but what were you gonna say? You're all excited. Oh, <laughs> I say? also think that Doug Ray Scott was the perfect choice for Henry when you talked about casting. I think so too. Because I think like in 1998, they might have been tempted to like cast like Chris O'Donnell or somebody, you know, like somebody mm-hmm. who was like more of a well-known heartthrob. But I really liked that they went with a, to me, a total unknown. Yeah. Who's yeah. kind of like I. I I don't think he's like a hot, hunky heartthrob, but I think he is 
perfectly attractive for that role and his demeanor so is perfect for that role and i think that that's him and him and drew barrymore are maybe like the perfect casting decisions and, and well, they had such good chemistry and they were like comfortable with each other yeah too, yes. you know yeah, yeah. and he didn't and, trip like there was no tripping over his like teenage heartthrob good looks like there would be right. if they would have cast because if they would have cast like like somebody who was on the cover of like teen beat at the time you know then they the movie would have like tripped all over itself being like look at this hottie that we cast and it would have i think it would have been worse i think so too mm -hmm. i totally agree with you the i've only seen doug ray scott in one other movie and that was the second mission impossible yeah me too same yeah so yeah like i mean he's I, you know actually i may have seen him in one other but it's not enough for me to remember so it's like i agree with you that he's kind of an unknown and and you know mission impossible 2 didn't come out until years after this mm -hmm. one so at the time i would say that he was probably yeah an unknown and i i think it's so refreshing when they do that and i've talked about this so many times because i have so many issues with um hollywood casting these big name people just because they're big name and just because they know that they're going to pull in the money and the reality of it is is that sometimes they can kind of ruin it because yes. it's like yeah you know you know the performance you're gonna get like if someone casts leonardo dicaprio i know i'm watching a leonardo dicaprio movie you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i'm i'm not separating the two i'm going oh that's leonardo dicaprio that i'm watching on the screen right now and so i i totally agree with you and, and i think um their their chemistry was just so perfect and he like it, it's so important to have two leads who who like when you watch it like i wanna like you know that like term squee you know what i mean squee like squee yeah <laughs> like when you yeah. see something cute like i want to squee when i watch them <laughs> you know what i mean like i want to be like oh so, yeah i agree like, fished. <laughs> yeah i think like i think drew barrymore and adam sandler have amazing chemistry and i've said before that i really like them two in movies together and i think she has equal chemistry with with doug ray scott and i think i do too if it if it wouldn't cheapen it they should have done more movies together maybe because yeah. i i think they are really good yeah i totally agree yeah um i know you keep talking about the music and i keep cutting you off so that's okay. i agree with you that i think the music is awesome i love the score i have the soundtrack actually do you it's yeah. it's so good i um andy tennant is the director and i'm not sure if i've seen anything else that he's done but i i meant to look it up are you gonna look it up i'm gonna look it up yeah but yeah no i agree with you like and it's so like so beautifully medieval the movie is the the scenery the music everything i think is uh really super well done to set the scene so yeah it's it's such a magical film without having magic in it you yeah. know what i mean yeah it's like that, that's exactly like when i finished it i was like that movie is so great it's so magical and it's it, it has I really love that they included Leonardo da Vinci in it. Um, that I think that his relationship with Danielle and like everyone else was like one of my favorite parts of the film because 
he's funny, but he's like, you know, this super intelligent and, and famous um, painter. And it, it's like having him interact with these people, even though I know it's fiction, it's like, it's just cool. You know, it's cool to watch that. I, I really like that. I like the addition of Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci as well as he kind of plays the fairy godmother role, but, but in, in it, and yeah. I like that because he's not magical, but he's scientific. So he has all these solutions exactly. to things like a fairy godmother would, yeah. but it's all real life stuff. And I think that's really creative, really clever. Exactly. Yeah. I do too. So I looked up the director, Andy Tennant, and he actually directed a lot of things. He directed It Takes Two, the Mary Kate Ashley movie. I love that movie. <laughs> he directed Fools Rush In with um, Matthew Perry and Selma Hayek. Anna and the King. I've seen that. Anna and the King. I have seen that one too. Is that Sweet with Jodie Foster? Alab- what? Is is Anna and the King with Jodie Foster? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Sweet I, Home I saw Alabama. that movie when it came out. I like, yeah, I've seen that one too. Fool's Gold, which is kind of a crappy movie, but still. The Bounty he Hunter. Did Hitch. Yeah. Oh, I liked Hitch. Oh, oh, he directed The Secret, Dare to Dream, though. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put this down. We were talking about that because I kept seeing um, advertisements for it on, on Pinterest, and I was like, I was like, every time this comes up, it makes me want to see it less and less because of the, it's like, not it's not the casting it's like solely the name like the secret dare to dream i'm I don't like, like the, what kind of bullshit name of a movie is this it's not good it's not good if you if there's a colon in your title you should consider a different title that's what i <laughs> well like okay i i somewhat agree with you however there's stuff like um the narnia chronicles the lion the witch in the wardrobe nope. and that's different it should just be called no. the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> well, is there a colon, though? Because if there's not a colon, I'm okay with it. But I still think it should just be called the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But I mean, it is, but it, it is part of the Narnia Chronicles. But, I mean, you don't need that in the title. That can be in the book title. That doesn't need to be in the movie title. That's true. Anyway, look, all I'm saying is the secret dare to dream is a terrible title <laughs> and you're terrible. saying that too yeah it's terrible it makes me think of like it, it makes me think of like a documentary for like a, a singer you know it makes me think of like i have to endure this speech from somebody so i can get a timeshare in florida that's what it makes me think of. <laughs> it's a secret it's a secret sam <laughs> dare to dream it <laughs> dare to dream it uh dare yeah it. well He's a good director, I think. I mean, questionable movie choices on some occasions, but he's a good director. Yeah. I think. And we anyway. might be able to look past the secret dare to dream yeah. only because he did ever after. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I um, um I really love the costumes in the movie as well. Yep. I've always loved the dress that Danielle wears to get Maurice back. Always, always. I wish that I had yes. a replica of it to just wear around because it's so beautiful. It, it is very beautiful. I agree. Um, it's funny that, so it's funny that you 
were saying how much you like the um, costumes because as I was watching it, I was like, I bet Sam loves these costumes. <laughs> I love them. I always have. I love them. I'm a sucker for. I'm a sucker for old costumes like dresses. I love dresses. I love ballroom gowns. So I'm kind of right there with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So should we talk about Henry? Yes. Let's talk about Henry. Okay. Let's talk about Henry. I don't know. <laughs> He's a prince. His parents are the He's a his, prince. his dad is the king of France. Mm-hmm. He's a he's about to sign an arranged marriage with the king of Spain. So Henry is going to be betrothed to the princess of Spain. But he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to be the king. He wants to be free. Like I think that's a really interesting I think he has a really interesting story as well because from an outsider's perspective from an outsider's perspective, being born to that privilege would be like, oh, if I had that, my life would be perfect. But no, it wouldn't be because no matter how nice the cage is, it's still a cage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I and actually, he says that like, oh, what were you going to say? Go ahead. No. You, 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 okay. He says that when he first is introduced to Danielle, well, I was thinking about that scene where she's throwing the apples at him. Does she never show her face? Or does well, he I never see this? No, he sees like, her face. I think he face. sees it for a second. He but sees her face, he sees but it I, long enough. He sees her face, but I think the, the subtext, the commentary of the, the moment is that at that stage of his life, he doesn't really pay attention to people who are, are commoners. Oh, so that, he okay. sees her. That makes sense. But she's just like a passing, like she's like a vapor to him. Like he's not concerned about peasants. And he says so much because he sort of knows when he sees her in the, like in the town square or whatever, he's like, have we met before? So he sort of recognizes her, recognizes her, but he hasn't like become aware of his snobbery yet. So he just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But he says... Um, I wish nothing more to be free of my gilded cage. And that's when he he gives her the money. Yeah. Um, so he's definitely, I agree with you. I think he's an interesting character in that he's just like, you know, like someone can look like they're handed everything in the world, but if, you know, all they've known this entire time is, um, that they have this obligation and this duty that they have to fulfill, especially marrying someone that you don't know. And like, as a woman, I think that would be utterly terrifying to be in it. Like to now I'm kind of going off on the Spanish princess. Cause I always like empathize with her and I know she's only in it for like two minutes, but um, you know, going into the situation where you're marrying this guy and you, you don't know the country and like, you don't speak the language and so he's marrying some princess that he doesn't know and he doesn't care about. And it's, I can, I could see why he would, would be like, forget it. I'm out of here, you know? Um, but I have to say that I love when the dad is, where he's like fighting with his dad and he's like, and the dad goes, the king goes, I'm going to say that you, you can't have the crown and I'm just going to live forever. <laughs> like, I love, I love it. It's like, solution i love it how he says that and and henry's just like fine agreed i don't want it <laughs> it's like it backfires on the king like <laughs> i love it i love the king is like he says it as if it's like a totally attainable goal he's like i'm just gonna live forever okay 
No, I like, yes. I do like that. And I like, I empathize a lot with the Spanish princess as well because it's sort of done to be lighthearted when at the, at the altar, he's like, listen, I don't want to marry you either. And cause she's like sobbing. Yeah. And she runs and she starts like kissing another man. And it makes me sad because I'm like, I think in that time period, like Henry has more autonomy because he's a male, but also like, yeah, his parents are quote unquote woke now, you know, and her parents are not <laughs> like she has to go back to this no. system that she came from and she's probably not going to end up with that guy that she's kissing and i know it's done for lightheartedness no. and we're not supposed to dwell on it but i do feel for her because her parents didn't come to that realization that his parents came to and right and who knows if his parents would have came to that realization if he was born a girl you know yeah yeah something yeah, that i like, really really like that i noticed i've noticed before but that i really put together on this viewing is how you can see henry learning throughout the movie like me too so he runs into and i think i really think it's romantic how danielle inspires this change in him because he admires her so much like he respects and admires her because she treats him like a person she has a brain and he sees that in her and i think that that's like I mean, it's it's awesome, but it's also like if you're going to do a romantic story, I think it's done really well in this because he's falling in love with her because she's a real person and she's pushing him. And I think pushing in within the right confines, like pushing is good. Like you want somebody who will try to help you be the best person that you can be instead of somebody like Marguerite, who is just like, right. check out my cleavage, you know? And and so well, like, and with Marguerite, you're gonna be you're gonna be miserable for the rest of your life marrying someone like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. And uh, he with Danielle, you're right. He, she she talks to him as if like she's not like, oh, your Majesty, you know, blah blah blah. She's like, dude, like you like with Maurice being set free. Um, She's like, okay, so you set Maurice free, but look at all these other men. Like, you've not done any, you've not even looked at them. And, and I think she really challenges his worldview um, because he was, he was so caught up with, like, I'm the prince and, like, servants are below me because they're servants. But he's not viewing these servants as people. He's just viewing them as, like, the vehicle to get whatever he wants from them, you know? Yes. And I really like how after that scene, the very next scene is him talking to his father. That scene that we talked about where his father's like, I'm just going to deny you the crown and live forever. Yeah. I like how Henry says in that scene, he's like, what are you going to do to me? Ship me off to the Americas like some criminal? Whereas I would imagine before he met Danielle, sending criminals to the Americas would be a blip on his radar. Like he wouldn't care one way or the other if people get sent to the Americas. So he's already like waking up because she's like taking the scales off his eyes, I guess a little bit. Yeah. And I really like that. And, and that happens a couple times throughout the movie, like later when they, when they're at the gypsy camp, because the gypsies like, you know, they're, they're at the camp and they're drinking and she says the thing like a gypsy is, always seen as a gypsy and nothing more 
well, the very next scene, he goes into his parents' bedroom and he's like, I want to invite the gypsies to the ball. I want to start a school so people can learn. And I like that. I like how she's encouraging him to like come into his own and to see the world. And like you said, challenging his worldview. I, I, I really, really like that aspect of it that they're like, like he's teaching her that he's not a snob, even though he's the, the yeah. prince. And she's teaching him to like see the world in a different way as well. And I think that give and take, like they're both pushing and supporting each other, like to grow. And I think that's, it's very subtle in the movie. I'm probably to somebody who hasn't seen it before. I'm, I'm making it seem like it's more in your face, but it's not, it's subtle. And I think it's done really well throughout the movie. And that's something that I really like about their relationship. Yeah, me too. I, I like that. I do I do have an issue with Henry in that he doesn't fucking listen. And that like like I had wrote down, I'm like Henry has a frustrating inability to listen. Yes. Um because she so many times is like I have to tell you something. I have to tell you this now. This is very important. I need to say this to you. And he's like, "No." Don't worry. No, no, no. Look at look where we are. We're in these beautiful ruins, and you want to you want to do talking. You want to do talking right now. We could be kissing, <laughs> like and and you know at the ball and everything. And she's, it, it's like, I, I can understand her frustration and almost kind of like a, a point where she's maybe like feeling this desperation. Like I need to tell you the truth because if I don't, this it's gonna get bad, you know, or whatever. And while I think she does change him a lot, you know, it's like he, I, well, and okay. Part of it, I think too, is that he's just so excited about how he feels about her that he's like, he's like, I'm going to like you regardless of what you tell me. You know what I mean? Like, so it doesn't matter, but it does matter to her. And I was getting really frustrated with that because I was like, dude, you need to listen to her. She's telling you something important. Come on. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I agree. Like, especially the scene at the party really bothers me because he gets so pissed off at her. And yeah. if he would have just stopped and listened to her, I mean, it's all like a lot of it is just to move the plot along. Right. But I agree, like, at the ruins, I think. I think it's both of them at fault at the ruins because I think she loses her nerve because I so she too. loves him. She realized that she loves him so much. She doesn't want to lose him. Um, but yeah, at the party, I get really, I got ang- I get angry every time I watch it like you, because I think just stop for a second. And then like, he doesn't even help her. Like he doesn't back her up from being humiliated because his pride was hurt too much and he's too caught up in himself. And that really bothers me because I, I, I feel so sad for her because like she's humiliated in front of everybody and he doesn't even, he doesn't even let their connection. Like he could have stuck up for her in public and then been like, we got to figure this out. But I, and I right. don't like that. I don't like that he is so cruel to her because I, I agree. It makes me angry because he, if he would have just listened at that, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, I, I can understand, I can understand his anger at the situation and maybe even his reaction just because it's like, oh, I've cared about you. You're someone who made me 
see the world differently and you've been lying to me this entire time and i and but at the same time you're right like he, he you know what rodmilla did tearing off her wing and being like this is not who you think she is you know like this lying little bitch <laughs> look at my daughter marguerite everyone she's gorgeous okay this lying little bitch <laughs> you know like by the way marguerite's here have you seen her she's beautiful yes i know anyway this lying little bitch <laughs> you know it's just like damn yeah. rodmilla she's so i mean she's so ruthless and the, it, it, it's like, I, I can't imagine experiencing that and like looking to the person that you care about and being like, can you help me? Can you, can you help me here? Like I, I'm look at, at how she's treating me in front of all these people. And also why he would believe Rodmilla over her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he immediately, immediately is like, oh, well, she just accused you of this. So she must be right. But why? Why would she be right? You don't know Rodmilla. You know what I mean? Has he ever even said a word to her? Like, well, yeah. I mean, well, kind of, but like, but yeah, like, why, why would he believe her over Danielle? Yeah. I think because through the whole movie, it's sh- like they imply that he's on to every woman's conniving schemes like he talked to danielle about it before they went to the monastery he said like yeah the new edict about me having to find a mate is making like everybody go kind of crazy like church has been interesting because everybody wants to get his attention you know and and he's i they may they imply that he's well aware that everybody just wants his attention and he seems to also be aware on a micro level of Rod Milla's intentions with Marguerite and everything. And so I, and I also, honestly, I think that his reaction to finding out that Danielle wasn't who she said she was, wasn't equal to the lie she told. Like, yes, what she did was wrong, but he didn't even hear her out. He just immediately, and she, and she was so clearly, as you said, she was so clearly trying to talk to him like let me explain let me explain and he just like flew off the handle and wouldn't even let her explain like i think it's 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 not equal like his his reaction was like way over the top and it it's bothersome in that regard because i i would think that you would think you would remember all the good times and the connection you had and you'd be like wait a second that was real right and then she could say listen i lied about my name I lied about where I came from, but everything I told you and all the feelings we felt was real, but he didn't even give her a chance. He just, and like you said, I totally agree. Right. Like, why would he trust Rod Milla over somebody who he had an intimate acquaintance with? Like they kissed and they had an evening together and they, I mean, not like they didn't have sex, but I mean like, you know, they, they spent time together. Well, she and, saved his life. Yeah. And they were like intimately she, acquainted. She literally saved his life. <laughs> like, I love that yeah, scene. It, by the way i I know me too i know me too um i think it's it's so it's so funny like the guy like the gypsy just like roar like bursting out like uproarious laughter and he's like come back come back i'll give you a horse (laughs) i love he says it too to describe Um, it to describe it to people but i actually have well, I actually had something to say that was relevant to what you were just saying. Sure. About Danielle. Um, so when you said that, like, it's wrong that she lied. So I 
agree with you partially, but I also disagree with you because I think that the reason that she lied was for a very in I mean I would say I would say hopefully anyone with a good conscience would agree with me that it was for a very good reason to release uh Maurice from his imprisonment she lied because if she knew that if she went as a servant to the court um that she would be in trouble but as she if she went as a noble woman to the court to release him then she wouldn't be and so it's like the reason for her lying to begin with and like sure she continued it but she did try and amend it was like the purest reason really you know i mean to to get someone from wrongful imprisonment and it's like it you know like i don't know i guess in my mind like the crimes don't match the sins if that makes sense you know what i mean or no 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 like the punishment doesn't match the crime i guess or you know what i mean like yeah i agree with you on one hand like she lied to him initially because she couldn't give him her real name because then her stepmother would have found out and like you said she had to pretend to be a noble woman to rescue maurice and i'm fine with that like that makes sense like she knew that he wasn't going to be interested in her if he found out she was common she gave a fake name to get him off of her trail and all that's fine but i think yeah the continued lie like they spent a whole day together so i think i can see where his anger would come from at that point like she wasn't honest with him and i'm not saying like i don't think she's evil because she lied to him but i'm just saying like i would be angry too if i was in his shoes to a certain extent i would be angry like we went on a whole day trip together and you didn't think it was prudent to tell me that, you know, you lied. And I know like decorum for the time, she couldn't really come clean because as her friend Gustav said, like it's five days in the stocks. If you are found to be impersonating an old person. Aren't you like bent over and like have your head and like your arms and like a, like a wooden board or something. Yeah. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, that sounds terrible. So yeah, I think on a relationship level, um, if it wasn't a movie, she should have come clean way sooner. (laughs) Yeah. And I totally get his anger that she didn't come clean. But at the same time, she didn't really lie when in matters of the heart. Like she was always herself to him. Always. Even from the first they met, she was herself to him. So I agree that the punishment doesn't exactly fit the crime because she lied about her name, but she didn't, it didn't really go deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, and it's a complicated situation because it's not like now, you know, where you, you're not going to get in trouble. You're going to the stocks for lying, like, you know, (laughs) like pretending to be a noble woman or whatever. Um, (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, you might like, you know, if you're going to go into Buckingham Palace and be like, no, I'm actually, um, Lady Winterbottom. (laughs) I don't know. I couldn't, that's the first name I came up with. Phoebe Winterbottom. Mm, (laughs) I I feel like that's from something. I feel like that's from something. But, um, so let's talk about the scene with the gypsies. You want to talk yes. about that? You want to I love that scene. I love it. Me too. 
I love that she's climbing this and he's like, I should be up there doing this. And she's like, no, <laughs> like you, you might break your Royal neck, you know? Yeah. Um, so they, they go to the monastery. So, like the monastery. Yeah. Ugh, I love, I love Gregorian like chants and singing, by the way. I don't know if I ever told you that, but I love it. I, oh, really? I, I love it. I think it's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> it is pretty beautiful. Oh, really? Yeah. I, you've never told me that. Do you own that record? There was an album that came out in like the mid nineties called Chant. Do you own it? No, no, I don't own it. You might like it. I've never heard I... it, but I remember very vividly the cover. Cause I thought the cover was like comedically weird. Cause it's like floating monks, I believe. <laughs> it's, it was strange. I, re I remember seeing it multiple times and thinking it's so weird. Let me see here. Chant album. Yeah, you should look it up. It's a compilation album by the Benedictine monks of Santo Domingo de Silos. You might like it. I've never heard it, but you might like it. It sounds like it's right up your alley. All right, one second. What the? It's like a, it's like a weird, like it looks like something that someone made in like paint. Yeah. The album <laughs> cover is burned into my brain. Like, it's terrible. What and it looks it... like it's the same like person, but like five times. 1994. Just... That's when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. You might like it. Huh. Interesting. Anyway, so yeah, they go to the monastery and then they're on the way back and the like the his carriage, the wheel breaks on the carriage. And so she's like, well, Hold we can right continue off. on foot. And I like that, that she has this like ulterior motive because she needs to get home before she's missed, you know? And yeah. he's like, continue on foot. But then they're walking and then, yeah, she has to climb off that like cliff and trees to see where they're going because they're lost. And then the I love gypsies it. come. You would think I like, know the way to my own castle. <laughs> I I really like that scene because it just shows like what a free spirit she is that she's not confined by the restrictions of like being a, a female at that time and like what is supposed to be appropriate and what's not appropriate. Because to her, it's like, well, we got to get home and you can't break your neck because you're, you know, your precious cargo. Um, and so she's like, and, and it's clear, like from, you know, the first moment that we're introduced to Danielle is that she's a little bit of a tomboy. And I love that aspect of her because it's not, you know, she's not prim and proper. She doesn't mind getting dirty. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't mind climbing like on this, this cliff and it's just refreshing. You know, it's nice that she's, she's kind of just this fun, adventurous character and, but you know she has to get shit done and so that's how she she's like and that's kind of it like she's like nope you know what it's got to happen it's going to happen this way tough you're not going to make the decision here i am and i like that i like, I like that, that too i like it for all the reasons you said and i also like that the implication is that he's had quite a fancy upbringing so i think that she's just probably better at climbing things yeah. than he is is my I would imagine is what so. I've always thought. Like she's just more tough, like physically and and probably mentally tough as well. 
and she's and so probably gypsies, in better shape than him yeah oh well honestly. sure for sure because she picks yeah. him up yeah yeah well i mean she's working the field all the time like she's like that girl's a laborer you yeah. know she's, she's probably tough. got muscles and all that like yeah yeah she's definitely tough and she took her sure. dress off so she's wearing like her undergarments yeah the gypsies come <laughs> the gypsies come and fight and they're trying to kidnap the prince and then she climbs down and henry's like no stop i'm the person you want leave her alone and the gypsy and she's like and she gets i love how like forceful she gets with them she's like you've deprived me of my escort so i need a horse and you'll give me back everything you stole from me and the gypsy i think like the head the leader is like taken aback by someone who's so brash and so yeah. he says you can have anything you can carry and i love it he's holding out her dress and she walks past her dress and she picks up henry and walks away with him and it's <laughs> one of also one of my favorite scenes probably because it's so unexpected it's so great. and then it's, she it's, turns around and she does like a little bow before she <laughs> keeps walking <laughs> I know that look on her face like she's like thanks a lot asshole <laughs> like, but I love how the prince is like Henry's almost like just like resigned to this fate of being caring he's like that's what happens <laughs> he, but I think it's it's such a weird situation that like to him it's like he knows he can't take on these like 40 plus gypsies you know a, a one, just one guy so it's either you walk out being carried by a woman or you possibly die or put in a, you know in a really terrible situation so it's it's just such a funny like i just i love the way he's just hanging there like he's just like all right this is it <laughs> yeah yeah she she basically does like a like she hoists him over her shoulders it's pretty good mm -hmm. it's pretty awesome it's so good and it's then the so gypsies good. are like come back come back we'll give you a horse and then they like <laughs> hang out and drink at their campsite and that's when they kiss and i always thought that was such a fun that looked like such a fun party you know i did too like it looks yeah <laughs> like i want to be it there you know i like it as um well. so their their first kiss she has her eyes open the entire time like their first time oh really well not I didn't, the entire I didn't time notice that just just initially she does and I think it's because I would imagine this is probably the first time she's ever been kissed. I, guess. I would, yeah, I, guess I would so. say that's probably like totally. I mean, I, I would say that like, what do you think? She's maybe like 18 or something. Well, I think, don't they say 10 years have passed? So I think she is 18 because oh, right. her father she's says 20. she's eight, right? Oh, so she's like 18. Yeah. 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 Okay. So she's 18. Yeah. Cause I assumed that she was younger and I wouldn't imagine that she'd be older than, you know, in her twenties. Um, but you know, she, yeah, she like leaves her eyes open initially. Like she's, she's got this kind of scared look on her face. And I just always remember that because it was like this, I mean, clearly like wanting to kiss him, but also it's a scary new thing, you know? And, but and they can't actually be together. Have, yeah, but they just have just this good chemistry, and and uh, it's such a sweet scene. I love it, you know. And I love so when they're like, 
when like the whole like whoop goes up from like the gypsies you know yeah but, the like, gypsies are like really excited that they're <laughs> so kissing great. it's very sweet like, it's a very like yeah, you hear like moment. the one like Woo! yeah <laughs> i love it um one of my so one of your favorite lines is that like don't speak unless you can improve the silence one of my favorite lines and i actually recited it when he said it is when they're he's taking her home and he says will you meet me by the ruins you know whatever and she says i shall try and he goes i shall wait all day and i love that line i don't know why it's just like oh it's so good i love this movie so much it's very sweet there's another line that he says that's equally sweet and it's before he takes her to the monastery he says you know i'd like to go to the monastery and they have an extensive library and i know you like books and she goes it's not fair you know my weakness but i've yet to learn yours and he says i should think it would be obvious and i think that's a really romantic line as well me too i love it it's so cute i yeah i love this movie so much i I have a soft spot for good romance, and I think this movie is good romance. I I think I do too. It's dramatic. Maybe somebody watching it could say it's over dramatic, but I think it's perfect for the movie, and I I wouldn't change a thing. You know, if someone's gonna say it's over dramatic, I'm gonna just tell them that they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> It's lovely. I've said the word so, lovely, um, beautiful. I can't think of any other it adjectives. It is though. <laughs> I mean, it, it's you know, it's it is like, and it's it's so. I I, I love this movie because it's so human. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and like the next scene with um, you know, Danielle's like totally hungover, <laughs> which I didn't understand as a child, but as an adult, I now do. Um. <laughs> And, and like when her and Marguerite are having the, the fight over the wedding dress, which every time that scene comes up, it's like, it's like, I feel like I'm being stabbed in the heart. Like it Mm -hmm. hurts me. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, she has this, like, she doesn't, Danielle doesn't have a lot to her name. I don't even know if you would consider her the owner of the house because I would imagine it'd be his wife that would own it, like the laws of that time or whatever. Um, well, I was thinking just very quickly, and we'll get back to this, but since you brought it up, she's telling Gustav, like, I hope earlier in the movie, she's like, I hope Marguerite marries the prince because then they can leave the manor and I can have it to myself. And I always think, like, would you have it to yourself, though? I don't think you would. Like, yeah. I don't think she'd get it. Yeah, I don't know the laws. I mean, because women can't own property during that right. time. I know that. And I would think that well, I mean, the I king... I would imagine it was the same in France, you know? Yeah. Like, I would think that would just be absorbed into, like, the king's properties or something if Marguerite were yeah. to marry him. But anyway, right. anyway, so you're talking about the scene the next morning. So Right. So... Um, you know, Marguerite's like trying on the wedding dress or whatever. And, and I'm assuming that Danielle owns very few things to herself, you know, and this is one of those things that's extremely valuable to her, not just because it's, you know, the wet dress that she's going to marry when, or when she gets married, but it was her mother's wedding dress. So it's like a big deal. Yeah. Um, and there's just so little concern about how this might affect Danielle because all they care about is how good Marguerite looks when she's going to go marry the prince, you know? And I love just this flash of anger 
that that Danielle gets towards her and she was like I'd rather what she say like I'd rather die than see my mother's dress and that spoiled selfish cow yes and um they're like running around she punches her in the face and they're like running around and everything and um and and it's like but like Marguerite's such a little bitch like destroying the book the only thing that Danielle has like how dear yeah it's like and and she hands like Danielle hands her over the shoes and Marguerite is like oh great I have the shoes fuck you and still throws the book into the fire and it's just like it just really shows a testament to who Marguerite is as a person and how little she is concerned about anyone else in her life other than herself and it's like and it really makes me feel that that ending that they experienced was well-deserved because. Yeah. I think that scene yeah. is pure evil on Marguerite's part because she's holding the book over the fire. I think so too. And Danielle has the shoes and Rod Mill is like, what's it going to be, Danielle, your father's book or your mother's shoes? So Danielle, in an attempt to salvage everything, like I'll let her wear the shoes. I just don't want to lose the book. And then Marguerite just throws it into the fire anyway. It's heartbreaking. I agree. Like, I feel like you're being, you feel like you're being stabbed when you're watching it because it's so sad. It's, it is. Because it, it's all Danielle like, has, yeah. I mean, and Danielle has this just absolute like display of raw emotion mm-hmm. where, you know, like she's, she's like gonna, screaming, like, no, no. And, and she's going to jump she's in. crying. And yeah, she tries to jump into what, the fire what, to save it and they hold her back. Yeah. 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 It's powerful. It's, I mean, it's, it's devastating. It's devastating is what it is. Like it's, and yeah, you're right. I think it's pure evil and whatever happens to Marguerite, I have no empathy for her. I don't care what happens to her. Like, and it just, and then, and then the scene with the queen where she has that, that fit, like in front of the queen we talked about this before it amazes me that she behaved that way and she's like it was a bee I like love okay line. like right like the way she <laughs> says that line i love it where she's like there was a bee <laughs> i know like like and she says it in a way that she's like the queen will absolutely believe this totally obvious lie like that uh, you know <laughs> yeah and it, I mean, if I were the queen, I would have gone back to to the king and to Henry and been like, um, so Marguerite, she crazy. So don't go near her because like, if she lives in my home, I will kill her. It's like that scene in Signs when uh, Mel Gibson Wait, was stuck at the pharmacy in Signs where Mel Gibson uh-huh. stuck at the pharmacy and he's like doing the confession of the pharmacist and then he gets to the pizza place and he's like, I don't want any of you to spend any time with Kathy Abernathy or whatever because she's like she unloaded all kinds of stuff to him yeah no I I I agree with you um she's a terrible character and then even in the throne room when her mother is like when they're being accused she tries to like save herself by being like I don't know what's going on your majesties I'm just a victim and they were like silence (laughs) like and yeah yeah it's like it's like when my kitty scratches my couch and I go bear stop scratching my couch and he just looks at me like I I haven't done anything I'm totally <laughs> innocent here and I'm like I literally just saw you do it and he's like nope you imagine that <laughs> like it's you little evil kitty. it's not you know 
it is his fault that he was born approximately the size of a baby though so that's why i have to hold him all the time yeah Yeah, because he's just little just six months old so small yeah except he's like 15 pounds but oh my god he's a big ass cat i know he's he's a a big kitty he's cute he's a baby i love um so danielle got a she got like whipped on the back for her little night of partying and i like when jacqueline is tending to her wounds and jacqueline says very nicely like she shouldn't have said that about your mother like because because danielle said to marguerite like those are my mother's things and marguerite says and she's dead and that's what makes danielle punch her and jacqueline says like she should not have said that about your mother. And I thought that was so sweet. But then I also like when Jacqueline's like, and I'll never forget the way Marguerite's feet went over her head that way. Cause she like, when she got punched, she like rolled off the bed. I love it. <laughs> I know. Well, and I think Jacqueline has been under the abuse of these two women for so long that she's kind of just like, you know, like when they get at the end, when they get uh, assigned to the die room, it's like she's kind of just like oh i can't help you i'm only here for the food after all like you know it's just like and she she gets such a great comeuppance herself because she really gets to just be like don't know what to tell you mom maybe you shouldn't have been such a bitch (laughs) you know like maybe maybe you should have been nicer to me (laughs) um yeah okay so i do have let's see i had some stuff written down let's talk about Le pew dude first of all have you ever seen rocky horror picture show big time yes yeah okay you know the blonde haired dude with the hunchback um that long blonde hair is kind of balding the best character in the whole movie you mean (laughs) you don't like him no he's fine i don't i haven't seen the movie in forever he that's lapew riffraff really yeah that's the riffraff is lapew oh my gosh you're right i just looked it up i like i always liked him in rocky horror but i didn't know it was the same guy but i can hear it in the voice now yeah right isn't that funny um so i thought that was funny i had no idea until like i think it was like last year earlier this year like i had no idea and i never ever would have put two and two together And I have to say that if they ever had to, um, like, for some reason, if they couldn't cast him, I always thought that Jonathan Hyde would have played a great Lupio. You know what I'm talking about? Jonathan Hyde, yes. I know exactly. I think you're right. He would have been good as well. Yeah, he would have been great. I mean, Lupio wasn't a big part anyway, but um, Jonathan Hyde is good at playing those, like, creepy characters, you know? Um, You know... when he's like in the market and he says to Danielle, like, I am well endowed. And then he waits a beat. So you know he's talking about his penis. And then she and then he says, as seen by my biggest state. So he like saves it, but you can tell the subtext. That scene makes me so that line makes me so uncomfortable. Such a piggish thing to say. It's disgusting. No, yeah. he's well, first of all, his teeth are like green and all i can think of is that guy has got to have the worst smelling breath ever yeah i actually really really like that as a trait for him to have nasty teeth because in like i don't know 1470 whatever year that is probably a lot more people had teeth like that but oh, so yeah. i liked that but yeah i agree he probably I, no i did too like, 
Yeah. Well, I, it added to like, I mean, overall, like you're supposed to be disgusted with him because he's clearly like a disgusting, like not just who he is, like how he looks physically. Although I wouldn't say he's like, like an ugly guy or anything like that. But like, you know what I mean? Like how he acts, like he's, yep. he's yeah. disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the mossy, like the mossy green teeth, you're also like, Ooh, oh my yeah. God, like you, Ooh. And, and okay, you know what? Okay. I'm going to go back a little bit because I did have one very, very tiny, 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 very small little issue. Okay. It's this big, very small. Um, I, the part where Rod Millet accuses of Danielle of the dress missing. Yes. And then they suddenly have it when she goes to the mask ball what the fuck happened to the dress lauren go like she said it was missing no i think it's funny that you brought this up because i realized something today that i'd never put together before so all the other times i've watched this movie i've assumed that danielle hid the dress like she found a way to hide the dress and so that's why they have it like because she's like Danielle, where's the dress? And Danielle's like, where's the tapestries and the candles? So Danielle knows something nefarious is happening in the household. She doesn't know what. But she, I always assumed she hid the dress. But then when Da Vinci opens the locked door so she can go to the ball, you hear Paulette say, Louisa, get the dress. So it was Paulette and Louisa, Louise, sorry, Louise, who hid the dress. And I never put that together before. I always thought it was Danielle, but it wasn't. It it was Louise that, that hid the dress. Okay, okay. Yeah. I must have missed that part. I must have missed that. Um, but you didn't put together that I was Danielle like, hid it? Like, you thought something weird happened? Every time you watch it, you wonder how she got the dress? No, I think I, think I forgot, and I knew that Lu- Louise had hid the dress. But I missed it when I rewatched it. You know what I mean? And oh, okay. I, I couldn't I remember never... what happened in the dress. Okay. Yeah, because I always yeah. just assume that Danielle hid it. But anyway, yeah. So it's, I think that that is an explanation for, for how they have it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> never mind, I guess. Okay. So, um, so okay. So, so Rod Mill is selling all this stuff to LePew to get it out and doing it in like, again, like what you said, a very nefarious way because she's she's like oh this stuff is missing okay well now i'm gonna garnish your wages yeah. and it's like you know that they already don't make like probably hardly anything you yeah. know yeah and she and um, then she's she wants to look rich so cruel. but she really doesn't have any money so she's like selling stuff just to like not get put out in the street assumably right i mean she's selling people you know she's selling maurice has no concern with how it's gonna yeah you know, i mean I would imagine that he would end up working in a very harsh situation, you know? If he even Eventually. made it to the Americas. That's true. That's he'd true. probably die on the way, I would think. Oh, God. I, whenever I hear about, like, those stories where people travel from, like, Europe to the United States. Oh, well, not the United States, but the Americas, because it wasn't the United States at the time. Anyone who knows me knows that I, I hate boats, <laughs> like, with a burning passion, because I get very sick on them, so it's not enjoyable. It's like, I get super seasick. Um, 
but to be on a boat for like a month. Oh my God. <laughs> that sounds like the worst experience ever. I bet it's and you're awful. Like, and it like, and people don't wash. There's no showers. So it's just like, oh my God. I mean, no. Mm-mm. You know what? I'll just stay where I am. I'm fine. Plus also you're going to the United States or the, the Americas and there's nothing there. What are you doing there? You know, like that sounds horrible. It's like the worst punishment. Yeah. No, I can't imagine it. It's, it probably was awful. Like, yeah, that boat trip, like everybody would get, you'd get, people got scurvy. There's, it's not like, and it's not like a ship that's made for comfort. So there's probably like seasickness happening and just all kinds of bad stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's for shipping servants over. So they don't care how they are. They don't care how they feel. You know, like, yeah, it's nasty. Anyway, so Radmilla sells all this stuff to Lady Pew, and then he gives it back to her because she can't look like paupers in case the prince stops by. Yeah. And it, it's, and, and like when I was a kid, I understood that this was a very bad thing. But as an adult, the implications of Radmilla selling Danielle to Lady Pew was like terrifying to me. Like yeah, I was like, because you don't know what he could do. And my assumption is that he wants to rape her, you know? Yeah, I don't like, think that they that's... hide that. I don't think they hide yeah. that desire no. of him at all. No, they do not. The implication not is all. pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was just so awful she doesn't care what happens to danielle and even earlier you know danielle says have you ever cared about me even in the slightest and and rod miller just says how can i love a pebble in my shoe like it was like yeah i love that line because it's so heartbreaking but it's such a terrible mean line yes i agree no i totally agree with you because you just see the look on danielle's face like it was almost like she knew that's what she was going to say, but hearing it was so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. Like she Having expected it, but she didn't want to know for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, Angelica Houston's so good. She's so good. It's like, a great. Oh, this is great, such yeah. a great movie. <laughs> like, it's, it's a great, great movie. And I think there's so many layers and I, and that's one of the reasons why it's such a strong movie because it's so layered. Yeah, I agree. And, um, go on. I don't, I was going to say, well, I like Danielle, how Danielle as a character gets herself free, basically like me too. So you see her in the pews castle and he has shackles on her feet. And he's like, oh, I don't like to see you in chains, but you tried to escape. And then he, like, comes up behind her and tries to get all touchy. And she takes the knife and she threatens his life, basically. And so he he gives her the key and she's able to go free. And I think that's really cool. I like that she gets herself free. And, like, Henry shows up to help her, to save her. But she's already yeah. free. And I like that because he made the effort to save her, but the movie, she saves herself. So I like that the movie didn't make her seem 
like a victim, but it also didn't make Henry seem like he was hands off. Like they both win almost like he was coming to right. help her and he would have rescued her and she, but she rescued herself. But you know, I, I like that aspect of it. I do too. And, and Danielle's such a strong character. Like she's not, you know, she's not willing to put herself in in any situation where she's in danger you know she's old like you you kind of assume that she's only been there for like a day and she's already is trying to escape so it's like immediately like you're just like what a badass and then she's like oh yeah by the way i've had a lot of training with swords so you might not want to fuck with me <laughs> like she's like i'm not kidding i will actually take your life for this like and, and she's so She's so matter of fact and like just so like you know that if he doesn't give her what she wants, she will cause bodily harm to him, you know, because she's shown it. She <laughs> scarred his his face up real nice and um, Yeah, she's not messing around. She'll stick up for herself. Yeah. She's speaking great. of you just reminded me of something that I really wanted to ask you. So this movie features a young Toby Jones in a very small role. Yeah, I like that guard. Yeah. So Gustav is trying to get a guard costume so he can sneak into the party and get Da Vinci so they can rescue Danielle. And he drops a vase from like three stories up onto Toby Jones's head. And I'm pretty sure that he, that's a murder. Like, yeah. He murdered Toby <laughs> Jones, right? Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're wrong. Like, I I think well first of all I always thought it was funny that, that like he whistled at him like even though he knew he was going to drop the thing on his head like what to alert him that this guy's going to be hit in the head like I always was like why did he whistle like you I don't know, know either <laughs> but, but I I can only assume that it probably hurt him more to be looking up and have a big heavy clay pot fall on his head than it would have if he'd just been looking down <laughs> and I was thinking, like, it would have been better if they had him drop it from, like, four feet over him instead of, like, 20 feet high, because there's no way he could have survived that injury, do you think? I mean, if he did, he would have had, like, severe, men like, it would have been, a if he did survive, it was a severe TBI. Yeah. You know? And I thought, yeah. like, no, I think that's you're so right. I think he was, like, he was cold-blooded killer and that and Toby oh, Jones was not like a strong or like a large character he was kind of sniveling like he was helping Rod Milla like trick the queen and stuff yeah. so he Gustav could have taken him out like he could have like slapped him and he probably would have you know what I mean like yeah instead he like just you know kills him in cold blood well the guy's trying to pee like he's trying to urinate and he drops his anyway i just i was thinking today i'm like oh my gosh she just murdered him <laughs> <laughs> no I, that's a good point um the exchanges between him and rod Miller, i always thought were so like just like so cringy because she's like oh well when i move into the castle you know like who knows what might happen between us. And she's so like, and Rod Villa, like, I feel like Angelica Houston has, um, she has like, she's a very elegant woman. Yeah. And she has like, kind of this, like almost um, like, like a, like how am I trying to say? I want to say like, 
like she has like a sexuality about her like an attra- yeah. like an attractiveness mm-hmm. to her because of the way she holds herself and the way that she acts that um you know like that's why she's so good as Morticia Adams because she just has this there's something about her that draws you to her as In a lure yeah yeah exactly and I agree. so like when she was saying that to him and she's like something might happen between you and I and he's like oh yeah <laughs> I think I was just like nothing's gonna happen yeah she's playing you like a fiddle big time yeah he's like "Ooh, i get my hot tall wife and not she's a lot more eloquent than that but i feel like that's the yeah that's but the vibe of what she would say it's the subtext yeah yeah (laughs) yeah anyway um so my other favorite line and the part that always gets me going, because Ooh. every time I watch the end of this movie, I always cry, is when he comes, when, when Henry goes to Danielle, and he's like, I, I'm, I, you know, I beg for your forgiveness, blah, blah, blah. And he says, her, he says, Danielle, and she goes, say it again. And he's like, I'm sorry. And she goes, no, the part where you said my name. And he says, Danielle. And she, like, gets this look on her face, like, this is the sweetest, most beautiful sound in the world. And every time, every time, like I'm like, oh no, here it comes, here it comes, here they come the waterworks. I I and- agree with you. It's such a simple, it's such a simple line, but it's really lovely, really pretty. It is. It's a beautiful. I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps yeah. talking about it. it it's like it, it's so beautiful. And um and he asks her to marry him and the look on his face when she like she doesn't say yes or anything she just reaches towards him to hug him is like a kid like getting a puppy on christmas <laughs> like just the most excited like he's like <gasps> like it's so cute and endearing and i always and it's just a split second where you see his facial expression but it's the cutest most endearing look because he's so excited this is the woman that he loves now like they've won you know they've won like yeah. they're gonna be okay and oh it's so good i it's so it's, good it's a really beautiful ending because their fate both their fates had changed so drastically and for the better like she she's no longer a servant anymore and he no longer has to marry a complete stranger and be miserable and they're just yeah, it's it's really awesome. I I really I agree with you. I really like it as well. It's good. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. So, would you recommend this movie? 100% would recommend this movie to anybody. I would say if you have little kids, your little kids will like it, especially if you have little daughters. Daughters I think will really like it. Yes. If you're just an adult and you want to see something fun and beautiful and a really good creative version of a story that you've heard forever watch it at all ages i think watch it and enjoy yeah. it how about you i i 100% agree i think it's good for anyone male female children it's it's a beautiful story it's well done it's well written the characters are like again they're so human but they're so interesting and well developed and it's it's a great story. It's a great story and they all have chemistry with each other and it's beautifully done and the music's amazing and yes. I love it. I love this movie 
Yes. I love this movie. It's like, yeah, you know what? It's probably one of my top favorite movies and I kind of always forget that, but I really, really love this movie with like every ounce of my soul, you know, like I feel mm-hmm. so passionately towards it. It's, it's just so great. It's a it's great, great film. It's, it's, and I meant it when I said it's a perfect, it's a perfect movie. Yes. And um, yep. so thank you, Nicole. Awesome. Two thumbs yes, up. Great you. suggestion. If you haven't seen it, everyone should watch it. Just watch it. Yep. Yeah. And if you want to watch it, it's on Amazon as of November 2020. So, um, you know, check it out. There you go. And we are starting something new. This is pretty exciting. We have gotten so many suggestions that were scheduled out through like the first week of March 2021. So that's pretty cool. And we decided to implement something that should be kind of exciting for you guys too. If you want us to review your movie, please go to iTunes and give us five stars and write a review with the movie you would like us to go over in that review. And what that does is that really helps us to get five stars, puts our name out there, and it will prioritize your review. So we will put your review at the top of the list if you leave it on iTunes with five stars. We still will honor email or social media requests we just will put those they they won't be prioritized so we'll get to them probably eventually but not as quickly as we'll get to the review one so this will be a fun way for you to get our show out there and also just a fun way for you to hear a movie that you want us to cover so head on over to itunes and leave us five stars write a review with the movie you'd like us to do and we will be happy to add it to the list starting in march 2021 you can follow us on instagram at watchers of movies on facebook at watchers of movies we're on spotify soundcloud google play stitcher and itunes and give us five stars on itunes and thank you to nicole for the recommendation and we have a website that's watchersofmovies.weebly.com again if you would like talk to us um send us your own theories uh just tell us what you feel about this movie we love to hear it you know watchers of movies at gmail.com we also have another instagram where pretty much we just post anything that's kind of funny and related to movies it's called uh finders what is it the find- watchers who find things. I have to- the watchers who find things okay um i'm only on there every other day so i don't why would i remember that anyway <laughs> um and thanks to mike for our theme music Thank you, Mike. Find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42. His name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah. We're done, though. Bye. Bye.